health information from experts, supported by research. From University of Utah Health, this is thescoperadio.com. All right, here's a scenario, Dr. Miller. A patient comes to you because of a runny nose, sneezing, watery eyes, itchy throat, okay? So you suspect seasonal allergies. What do you do to help them? Maybe I should back up. Are those the symptoms of allergies? Did we, did we hit oh, all Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, runny nose, sneezing, itchy eyes, itchy ears, itchy back of the throat, post-nasal I- drip. You know, basically, these are, and especially the time of year. So if it's fall and spring when you have a lot of pollen. That's like bingo. Yeah, ragweed yeah. in the fall, things like that. Gotcha. People get allergies. Uh, can you differentiate those symptoms from a cold generally? Yes, generally you can. A cold gives you kind of this scratchy, uncomfortable feeling. You'll have some of the same symptoms like post-nasal drip, yeah. but you tend not to get that itchy eyes and itchy gotcha. nose. And, you know, yeah. it just feels uncomfortable. Most people can differentiate between an upper respiratory infection versus allergies. Yeah, I feel that I, I'm an allergy sufferer. I feel like I can usually when it comes on. So, so we've hit the signs, right? Those are some of the signs that you're suffering from some sort of a seasonal allergy from your environment. Well, and the other thing is you look and you can see the pollen counts. Like in the spring uh, and the okay. fall, you'll see when they start to go up that more and more people have problems with allergies. And you see a lot of this sort of thing? We do. Okay. We do quite a bit. So since you see a lot of it, you probably have a, a routine that you go through to help that patient if they're sick and tired of suffering. Yeah. First of all, you have to make the diagnosis. And so you listen to the history. So just as we were talking about, I mean, if they come with those symptoms, it's the right time of year. Yes. I mean, you can say these are seasonal allergies. And then you begin to talk about treatment. Avoidance is the best treatment. So if you can stay out of out of the open where you have a lot of high, where you have a high pollen count, stay away from it if that's possible. Yeah. Not many times it's not possible, but that's the best thing. Also for people who are out working in the yard or they're out exercising or mowing the lawn, you know, if they start to exhibit symptoms because the antigens from all these pollens, these particles are on their skin, which trigger the allergic reaction, you know, you, you should go home, change your clothes, take a shower, wash Wash it off, you know, clean off the antigens. All right. That would be the first thing to do. So avoid it. If you have to be out in it, uh, clean it off as soon as is feasible. Like what about putting one of those masks on? Like yeah, a lot dad, of people, right. So you'll see gardeners wear those masks sometimes. They're effective. I, they are effective. They're partly effective. They're not a hundred percent effective, but they're better than just breathing in the particles, which will trigger allergic reactions in a lot of people, and especially in high amounts. Like you might expect you would see in gardeners, or, you know, people, lawn care people. Okay. So um, can allergies possibly get worse over time if I don't do something about them? You know, in fact, they do. So some people will start out, especially when you're younger and you'll have some issues and they can tend to be mm. worse over time as your body becomes more sensitized and produces a more aggressive allergic reaction every time you're exposed to them. And that's regardless if I do something or not, because aren't most treatments revolving around kind of giving you symptom relief? Like there's no cure for allergies. There isn't a cure per se, although if you end up having desensitization shots, they many times will help reduce the burden of the allergic reaction and oh, okay. sometimes eliminate it completely. And that's, you know, when people have very serious allergic reactions due to pollens and other particulates um, and you can't get away from the, the triggers. Sometimes these, uh, these allergy shots, which they start them in a low dose and then they increase the dose over time so that your immune system just becomes used to it. That's the theory behind it. That can actually be pretty helpful. Okay. So, so in that sense, for some people, yes, if the treatment can make it go away. But I think I jumped ahead a little bit because as a kid, I got a lot of shots. I didn't find a lot of success personally with those, although people do. I ignored my symptoms for many, many years and then finally got so bad I went to a doctor again. 
And the doctor said, well, shots is really down the road in the treatment options at this point. That's right. There's a lot of stuff you can do before that. So what are some of those things that you would do then? Well, interestingly, there are a number of medications now that are very effective uh, for people who have mild to moderate symptoms of allergic reaction to pollens and, and particulates. And basically, you can use antihistamines, which are a pill that you take by mouth. And there's a couple of kinds. The older antihistamines have some side effects. They can make people sleepy, drowsy, fatigued. They tend to work pretty well. That is, they suppress the itching and the sneezing and the itchy throat and those types of things. Um, but they have a newer, uh, they have a newer class of antihistamines that's non-sedating, and it work. They work pretty well in suppressing the symptoms, and they don't give you that kind of massive fatigue that some people get taking the the older antihistamines. And that's in a pill form. That is in a pill form. Okay. The other thing that we've moved to especially for sneezing and rhinitis that most people get with these allergies are nasal sprays, very mild doses of steroids in nasal sprays. And you spray that in on a daily basis and it basically just cools down the lining of the, of the sinuses and are pretty, it's pretty effective for preventing sneezing and itching and scratchy throat, that kind of thing. They also have similar drops for the eyes for people who struggle with itching eyes during during allergy season. It didn't occur to me, but um, so like the nasal sprays, that's what I use. I've had great success with them. They work pretty darn well yeah. for most people. But something you just said earlier intrigued me. It's mainly for the sneezing symptom and maybe some of the itching. Correct. It doesn't really work for the eyes. So okay, the, that's, that's the, the nasal spray that you're talking about. So they make drops that contain yeah. some of the same medications, uh, same medicine, and you can use those. And the pills, do they kind of take care of all of the symptoms, the antihistamine pills? Yes, they do. So the, okay. the and, and during allergy season, for people with moderate symptoms, you'll find that uh, they get relief both with the nasal spray and the oral antihistamine, especially the non-sedating antihistamine on a daily basis. So they just sort of lacquer up, if you will, during that season. And <laughs> yeah. then also, again, trying to stay away from the triggers, right? This is especially true for people who have allergies to pets. We haven't talked about that yet, but... Some people are allergic to cats, although they like to scratch the cat, you know, when the cat comes by and then immediately they rub their eyes and all of a sudden they're going crazy. So the key there is avoidance. And for some people, unfortunately, they discover that they are allergic to pets and in severe cases, they have to sort of send the pet to a relative or somebody yeah. else. And that's unfortunate. That's really hard to do when people are attached to their pets. So the next best thing is, you know, you wash your hands after you pet the animal. But, but you know, you have dander around the house and that sets people off. We talked about some uh, nasal antihistamines. Do you need to start taking those? Like, say, my allergies are going to kick in when the grass starts growing. For any of these, actually, do I need to start ramping up or do I just take it as soon as I need it? That's a good question. So basically, if you're anticipating a, a, a spell of allergy coming on with a particular season or if you're going to be out gardening, it's a good idea to get ahead of that a day, you know, a day or two. Oh, so you, just a day or two. Out. Well, especially if you're going to be exposing yourself to oh. high pollen counts. So starting the antihistamines you know, two days before or a day before, and then definitely starting the nasal spray uh, probably maybe three, four days before because it okay. does take a few days for the medicine to become maximally effective. So for me and my cat allergy and my mother-in-law who has cats, three or four days before I go for a visit, that's that's what I want to do. That or, well, I won't say don't visit because that's no. probably not a possibility <laughs> or have a neutral space that you can visit her where the cats don't, <laughs> fair, where yeah. the cats don't come with her. Sure. That's fair enough. All right. Um, have we kind of covered everything? Like I'm trying to think as I a person say, with well, allergies, if I, I feel that we have. I do want to mention one thing. So some people use uh, decongestants that they buy over the counter 
medications that actually dry out the mucosa. They're different than the, the nasal sprays that I'm talking about that are steroid-based. So when you go to the drugstore and buy what's called a decongestant, especially a decongestant nasal spray, we find that if those are used more than three, four days in a row, you can develop a rebound phenomena that basically addicts you to that medication. So we would advise people not to use decongestant for a true oh, okay. allergy. So to, to stick with the uh, steroid nasal sprays and the first, if you can tolerate, first line antihistamines, if you can tolerate them, or perhaps more commonly, the non-sedating antihistamines. Uh, that you actually, you know what, you triggered another qu- question as an allergy sufferer. Uh, can I go and just get some over-the-counter stuff? I know f- the Flonase equivalent now is available yeah, over-the-counter. all the things that I'm talking about are over-the-counter. So don't even really need to visit to your no, physician No, I mean, you can things. try those. And especially with the internet now, you can look online and you can, provided you have a reasonable source to, to read about what you can treat your allergies with, you can use a combination of a nasal steroid or you could use an antihistamine or you could use both. Okay. To treat. And I, again, I think, you know, Sort of the simple stuff is if you can avoid the triggers, that's the very best thing. But All right. again, many people can't. You yeah. have to be outside. So. All right. So if somebody tries the over-the-counter stuff and they get relief, great. If not, kind of what's the next step at that point? Like when do you want to go see a doctor? So one, if you're not, if you're having symptoms on a pretty much daily basis and these symptoms are causing fatigue or if you're missing work and also if your sleep is impaired due to these allergies, you're up at night sneezing and you're back and forth to the Kleenex box, it's probably time to go to the physician. And the first thing that they would do is see that if you're taking a maximal, not a maximal, but an appropriate number of over-the-counter medications that we talked about earlier, whether you're using them appropriately. And, and if that's not working, then the next step would be to use prescription medications, which are a little more potent and could suppress the allergic reaction. Again, you may end up having testing uh, because testing can help you identify the actual allergen triggers that you might want to avoid. Once you know that, it might be a little bit easier to sort of figure out when you're exposed to an allergen and what to do after you're exposed or to prevent exposure. Have a question about a medical procedure? Want to learn more about a health condition? With over 2,000 interviews with our physicians and specialists, there's a pretty good chance you'll find what you want to know. Check it out at thescoperadio.com.